Good morning. In this bowl of question crunch, I talk to my good friend Alice Graphics. My questions lead to conversations about San Diego Comic Fest, mushrooms, and colorful experiments with light blasting. <laughs> Okay, cool. So, when this bowl goes up, it's actually Comic Fest. Right, it, right now is Comic Fest. We're recording it a few weeks earlier, but this right now is, I think, the second day of Comic Fest. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually take a photo of me and my guest Jen at Comic Fest, and I'll post it on either Instagram or Facebook, and I'll put it with it. I'll post, I'll post a photo of us looking at the date and us at Comic Fest. Uh, hello, Jen. <laughs> hello. <laughs> um, so we met at Comic Fest. I forget what year. I think it might have been 2017. 2017 or 2016? Or 18. What was it? it? No, no. It could have been 18. Like, it it had can be. been 17. 17? Okay. I think it was 17. Okay. Um, how did you hear of Comic Fest? So I moved out here in about 2015, and I was deciding I wanted to get start tabling. I had a friend in Chicago that tabled, and I wanted to try it here. And I literally Googled Artist Alley San Diego. <laughs> okay. And amongst, you know, all of the, you know, SDCC tables that I found in that Google search, I found a couple of people that had the hashtag SD Comic Fest. Okay. And I just fell down the rabbit hole and decided that, okay, this was going to be my first jump in. Now, how soon before Comic Fest was that Google search? Three months. Three months? Wow. Okay. <laughs> Three months. Somehow I ended up with a table. I'm still not sure how that happened. Uh-huh. And ended up next to you. <laughs> yeah, and that was that was one of my favorite years. Uh, I think that your boyfriend brought in and out. So that yes. was that was like that that easily solidified your <laughs> you, you being one of my favorite people. Like right when In and Out showed up, I was like, "Yep, there we go. All right." <laughs> I think that indoctrinated me with a lot of Artist Alley that year because then it became the next year he brought In and Out again for anybody else near us. <laughs> sure, you bring food, artists will love yeah. you. <laughs> Um, what has been one of your favorite experiences from Comic Fest? Uh, not to suck up too much, but okay. I do have to say, honestly, that first year with you. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was my... That was really severely sucked up. <laughs> I mean, it was. So it was my first time tabling, and I had always been the fan on the other side of the table. And sitting next to you, you really did. You put me at ease, and I mean... I was a noob, and you were just like, yeah, cool, all right, here, so here's what we do, um, <laughs> here's how this is going to work, um, and just kind of showed me the ropes, and it was great. Aw. I remember last year, I was uh, tabling next to uh, Free, and uh, we, we heard that some diva, some art- artist really complained about the size, and they're like, oh, I, you know, I, I can't be at that size, I have to have a bigger size, and they were really upset. About, like, most of the artists at Artist Alley from last year were like, it's smaller than I expected, but it's no problem, I can deal with that. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, uh, but yeah, we heard about a diva, and it's like, oh, if, we, if we ever get to that point where we're upset about the size of the table, no thank you, pass. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's not what SD Comic Fest is about. It's about just being there to get to know the locals and getting to be there with your fellow local creatives. You know, whether it's everybody from SoCal or even people from outside of that area, it's meant to be a smaller community. So, yeah, you might not always be happy with the size of your table space, and it might throughout the week the weekend get smaller and smaller, um, but... Or bigger. It depends or, on the people you're It totally depends. Um, Friday, you might have more space than you do on Saturday. Sunday, you might realize people brought in a lot of extra stuff to try to get rid of. Sure. Um, it adds and flows. But you know what? It's worth it. And you take it in a stride. And you become inseparable from the people that you table next to. Have you? So you you never experienced it when San Diego Comic Fest was in uh, Town & Country, right? No, I did it that one okay. year. We were uh, okay, in yeah, the yeah. tower. Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's the smallest area. <laughs> that was painful yeah um yeah <laughs> I, I was jammed into a corner that people couldn't even figure out how to get to me uh-huh. um so we just made our, the best of it and like we weren't concerned about actually selling anything we just had a good time sure. all of us that were crammed in that corner we're just like nobody can see us nobody can actually get to us we're just gonna wave awkwardly and just sit back here and just have fun uh comic fest is one of those shows that i, I, I it sounds awful because i like making money but uh, i also don't mind it when i don't make money just because uh they're uh, it usually break even that, that's a show yeah. that I have no problem just breaking even because there's like you said 
uh, interacting with other creatives and other fans of comics is fantastic. Uh, one person, I think it was the year that I met you, someone brought me beer because I mentioned how much I love Belgian Beaver. And uh, yeah. that was when Belgian Beaver was only sold in San Diego. So he brought me a six pack of beer and I was like, I don't know if this is, I don't know. I think this might be against the rules. <laughs> However, I'll take that. <laughs> That was really good. That was really fun. I like getting beer. I want more, more. Not, don't, don't bring me beer. Please don't bring me beer. Bring I don't want lots of beer. <laughs> bring him lots of beer. <laughs> um, so I'm a big fan of your art. Uh, right when I first saw your art, just uh, uh, it's cute. It's adorable. It's very playful and cartoony, and that's one of my favorite kind of genres. Um, Thank you. What got you into art? Uh, a little bit of. I mean. This is, sounds really weird. Uh, my first box of Crayola crayons. Okay. Uh, That's I, not sound weird. I, yeah, you know. I still love the smell of crayons. Like just. <laughs> I, I, I still buy a box once a year. Uh huh. Um, just... You buy a small box or you buy the big? No, I buy the full thing. Good. <laughs> I then, I'm a weirdo. Sniff the crayons for about a week and then give them to one of my coworkers' daughters who is about 11, and so she has the greatest art supplies ever because I just give her buy things to give her a lot of times. Um. I don't need the sketchbook anymore. Here, I never used it. It's supposed to be on my shelf. Here, paint supplies, here. Um, no, I think it was like my first like box of Crayolas and seeing all the colors and I just fell in love. And I've been creating in different forms ever since. I like it that you said that you're a weirdo. Could you sniff the crayons and then give it away? I are Do normal people not do that? I, I'm going to say there's going to be some friends of mine that go, no, that's that's Jen, and we're not shocked that she sniffs crayons. Um, no, but that's a good smell. Like, I, <laughs> it really I, is. I don't, I because like you say, oh, I'm a weirdo. I'm like, is that weird? Oh no. <laughs> it's, it's one of those smells that's like it's your childhood. Uh huh. I mean, we're sitting in a comic book store, right? Yeah. Which I should mention. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, plug. Yeah, plug yeah. for the comic book store. This place now. is now and never, right? Yes. Okay. Now cool. or never. Now or never. Oh yeah, yeah. So we're at <laughs> now or never in uh, downtown San Diego. Uh, they have been so uh, amazing to let us uh, record the podcast uh, here. I'll post a link. I'll do some drawings. It's gonna be awesome. But uh, it's the first time I've ever seen this comic book shop, and it's uh, it's pretty awesome. I'm having a hard time not going bankrupt just sitting around a bunch of stuff that I want to buy. Okay, cool. So, <laughs> back to we're sitting in a comic book comic shop, shop, and you know it's that smell of when you pick up one of the older comic books and you pop it out of its sleeve, and that smell of the old print. There's just something to it, you know. Crayons, I, I agree. old comic books. I'll even throw like library books in there. Yeah, they have that certain aroma, and it's just it's nostalgic. The older the library, even the better. Oh, like. I know. <laughs> Um, paper and wax apparently are my things. <laughs> it just, uh, I work, I work at a, uh, my, my evening job is a warehouse and, uh, we recently put in a shelf, we have some crayons and so I would pass by it and the moment I get hit by that smell, I'm like, I'm going to just stand here for a few seconds, uh, trying to find a reason to be here. Like, <laughs> I'll be like, oh, I should uh, tie my shoe. I should uh, look at this thing or clean this thing just so I can be around the smell for a little longer. All of these have to be reorganized. <laughs> Oops, it fell off the shelf. Oh, darn. I need to put these back in order. That gravity. What are you going to do? Oh, darn. <laughs> but uh, so how's your career of, cart uh, of drawing uh, progressed from uh, being a kid with crayons? Um, it's, it's taken a lot of turns and things uh for there was a long stretch where high school where I didn't really draw I think I I, drew, I remember drawing I have sketchbooks from all the way up until middle school and then in high school I just decided it wasn't cool and that I wanted to be a cool kid I don't know what I was thinking I can see the look on your face I don't know what I was thinking no no it's, it's, it's okay um, <laughs> it's not the look on the face it's 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 a bummer because like whenever I hear anyone stop being creative for any reason I know um, I mean, to, to my own defense, I was uh, I did, played a lot of sports in high school, so I was ew athletes. <laughs> I was athletically inclined as a Car child, caring about your health and all. Uh, yeah, so you know, um, all of my free time was spent doing like two days, um, which means I was had practice before school and then after school, and then would normally go play another sport. And um, what sports? Uh, you name it, I played it. Uh, okay, softball, basketball, volleyball, swim team, track team. Yeah, I crossed seasons. I had coaches that let me play two sports in one season. Um, went to states a couple of times. And yeah, I was weirdly athletically inclined. That stopped when I went to college. That's nuts. Uh, and when I went to college, I got back into art. 
Okay. Because I wasn't playing sports. Yeah. <laughs> so I needed a new outlet <laughs> and went back to an old outlet and went back to art and um, did some freelance work for the college paper occasionally. Uh, ended up drawing a bunch of my friends' tattoos. Awesome. And it just kind of like kept with it from there. Doesn't it feel kind of weird to do permanent art on someone? It's really weird. Um, the weirdest one I had was one of my roommates in college took one of my drawings that I had had and I had thought I lost it. Like yeah. it was one of those, I, like two was over, who took my artwork? And what I found out is she took it and she had it tattooed on her back. Like, and she showed it to me as a surprise. Like, uber flattered, but also like, dude, like, you took my artwork. I don't know how our relationship's um, going to go, but that's permanent now. <laughs> that's permanent. Uh, she loves it. I, we are still good friends. Awesome. Um, it's still one of those, like, the weirdest things. We were like, how did you ask her? She's like, oh, yeah, she just took my sketchbook. And, yeah, I thought I lost my sketchbook for about three weeks. No, she took it. I That would be a really weird feeling because I would be really upset if someone stole my sketchbook and I couldn't find it. I know. That was the thing that pissed me off the most was yeah. really like, oh, my God, where's my sketchbook? Also, because, you know, at that point, you're, I hadn't really been showing my artwork to anybody, so my sketchbook was still very personal. Mm -hmm. So it's like my friends knew I doodled, yeah. but there wasn't, like, I never, the sketchbook never really left me seeing it. Yeah. So it was very awkward, and she had seen this one drawing in there, and she had liked it. She had seen me working on it in the room, and then, yeah. <laughs> I'd lose my shit. I, and then someone's like, yeah, I got a tattoo, and I'm like, flattered, but... <laughs> moments i still look back on it going you know <laughs> all right we probably should discuss this first but cool i i it would fade the the the, the freak out would fade but they're still like I, I i wouldn't be flattered like i've got some friends i've got i've got people who paid me for tattoos yeah and it's still like they, they'll send me a photo of their skin with my drawing on it, and i'm like huh <laughs> yeah like i had done some like ones for other friends where they were just like hey i want this thing with like a rose and a dagger and i'm just like Sure, cliche, but sure. sure. If that's what you want. I have. We'll sketch it out, and you can go take it over there. You know, let them let the actual artist fix me get better. What's been your favorite tattoo that you've done? Um, I have to say it'd be my friend that took the, the, the steel, the, the, steel, the stolen one. The okay. stolen one. Um, <laughs> I was uh, when she got married. She actually had her her gown altered to dips because it's it's the bulk of her back. Okay. And it is. She had her dress cut to V down to basically showcase and it was like it was like a cut shoulder so it was like open back specifically to show off the tattoo what's the drawing it was the weirdest thing it was this like alien symbol <laughs> oh god this is gonna sound horrible i so like it already it was like this alien tribal symbol that just like it was one of those like doodles on the side of my notebook in class sure. and it turned it into this larger sketch with these beautiful hibiscus flowers okay kind of like blooming out of it yeah and it created this like almost an industrial versus organic kind of just feeling with the flowers and like this angular alien kind of shape of this glyph that sounds right as hell <laughs> I'd steal your sketchbook. No. <laughs> I mean, it was just one of those things. And I was like, I, yeah. It was my, like the first time I ever drew flowers that I actually thought looked like real flowers. So I was like, oh my gosh, they look awesome. Where'd my sketchbook go? <laughs> um, my favorite tattoo I've ever done was a, a recent one. Uh, oh. I went to Amazing Las Vegas and someone hired me to do it. And uh, they wanted a, uh, um, a money fight between the Monopoly guy and Scrooge <gasps> McDuck. Yes. And that was by far one of my favorite, pro one of my, I think it was, not last year. I think it was a year before that. I think it was 2018. I think so. Yeah, for sure. But that, and he sent me a photo of it. And I'm like, and I, I feel great. Like, I'm like, my art was good enough for you to want it on your body for the rest of your life. Fantastic. But still, there's a moment where I'm like, okay, that's. <laughs> it's permanent. It's permanent. <laughs> it's permanent. Um, by the way, Battle of the Top Hats, awesomeness. It was, um... a, it was a great idea. When he told me about the idea, I was like, oh, Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, that I, I see the whole thing playing out in my head and I just see like at some point Scrooge taking the stirrups off his feet uh -huh. and just like whoop, whoop, Well cause but but, the, but he wanted it to the be the monocle like... flies off the monopoly guy. <laughs> You want it to be a money fight, like they're like they have their sacks of money and they're doing it like a snow fight. <laughs> oh my god, I wasn't even those snowballs are gonna hurt. Yep. Well, I mean, Scrooge McDuck <laughs> dives into money, so I don't think the physics are there anymore. Yeah, there, there's some things about that, the, the physics of his money vault that I've always questioned. Because <laughs> dumping on a pile of pennies did not work as a child. No, no. No. <laughs> um, I like it that your, your, your history in art feels like a PSA against like art. 
<laughs> like it's like, oh, there's no money being an artist. Just do sports. <laughs> no, 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 not at all, not at all. Uh, no, I think it's it's a difference between what you decide you want to do your art for. Uh huh. You know, I mean, there's some people that are bent on like wanting to table and wanting to do art just to be able to make money. Yeah. Um, then there's also people. Then there's the people out there that do get successful. But when you actually talk to them and get to know about them, like they started drawing because it was something that they wanted. They needed that outlet, and yeah. they just wanted to create for themselves. And I feel like normally those people that actually create for themselves, like you, and like you know people like you know Jen Bartel, who you know has been done very covers for DC and Marvel, like she draws for the sake of drawing. So do you. You guys are going to be the ones that are going to be unbelievably <laughs> successful in life. The people that are trying to make the money, I feel like, are the ones that sometimes miss the mark. We'll, we'll, we'll see, because I feel like a lot of the artists that do draw for themselves uh, throughout history have gotten screwed over. <laughs> that is also true. Yeah. Uh, have you seen the documentary uh, Batman and Bill, I think it's called? Yes. That's a depressing documentary. It's very depressing. <laughs> it's very depressing. I highly recommend anyone to watch it. It's on Hulu. It's a, it's a, it's a good documentary. Uh, but I feel like if you're an artist, it's going to depress you the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, hearing hearing horror stories of the comic book industry and people that create the characters and then what becomes of them as the creators is painful to <laughs> listen to, to read about, and to watch. <laughs> so you said you did a freelance art for your college. Um, what was that? Was that just a line drawing or was it editorials or what was it? No, it was just normally just like, hey, this company needs... It was more it was more graphic design okay. than actual like traditional like illustration. It was more like, hey, this bar is having a, a happy hour on Friday for twenty five cent beers. Can you put something together that'll be splashy in a quarter third of the paper? Sure. I hope that they they paid you graphic art because I feel like that sounds like the newspaper. I feel like it no, sounds... you're a student. Uh, no, <laughs> it sounds like the company is finding a way to not hire a graphic artist to make them an ad and just let the newspaper take care of that part. It's a college newspaper. <laughs> you know, I mean, we all know how those work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, I, I mean, I, I was on my college newspaper. Um, that's how me and uh, my producer Angie met nice. was on the college newspaper. Uh, I still didn't make ads for people unless it's... <laughs> I don't know. It was just something like that they rolled up and it was just like, hey, hey, we have this group of people we can call when we need stuff. And I happen to be one of those people that they would call if they needed something. <laughs> I could lay out type on a line. Woohoo! I, I, there are many, many a late night working on this, the college newspaper. Um, so your website, your website says a scientist turned graphic artist, yes. but it doesn't explain what science you're in. Ah, so for the majority of my life and for 10 happy years in Chicago, I studied microbi microbiology and immunology. Specifically, I studied the herpes virus in Fun. all of its magical forms, including <laughs> mad cow disease. <laughs> I I love it on your Instagram when uh, I was scrolling through it and I saw the drawings of like the uh, germs or the yeah or, my happy cells yeah your happy cells <laughs> <laughs> they're different they're they're different um, phosphorescent proteins okay That's, so they're, they're, there's a whole yeah I, I love my phosphorescent proteins that was one of my favorite things I did uh -huh. they're taken from jellyfish and other species and you can inject them into cells so you can look at them under microscopes. That's right as hell. Yeah. I, I love I, I love the idea of the combination of scientists and artists. Those those are two two groups of really passionate people talking about cool things. Like a lot of times when I talk to scientists, I might not know the words they use or <laughs> what they're talking about at all, but I just love hearing about science. It's fun. <laughs> it definitely is. And it was definitely I had the I was thankful for the fact because I was in microbiology and and obviously part of immunology was the fact that we had really high powered microscopes. So I could color different pieces of the cell, different organelles inside the cell, and put light waves at them at really high-powered microscopes and watch these different colors dance inside cells. That's cool. Yeah, it was great. Don't ever do it hungover, though. Um. I, I, I'm, I'm confident I'm not going to do it sober, let alone but, uh, hangover. It was, yeah, 
hangovers and yeah, whew, that was painful some mornings. Um, but no. In case you ever have access to a high-powered microscope. Don't do microscopy hungover, folks. Really, really makes the hangover worse. Sure. Like I was in my 20s, you know, you're living life. No, but uh, it was really beautiful. And actually, I, uh, I had a leftover um, image that I my uh, boss, my professor at the time, allowed me to submit. And I uh, won uh, a contest and it was actually displayed on the billboards in Times Square. That's really uh, during cool. Art Takes Times Square back in 2014 or 15? Four, must have been 14. And this was just this was just you yeah. firing light at a... Yeah, it was... Uh, they're called Phoenix Cells. And okay. I had put GFP, which is a green fluorescent protein. Um, so they lit up like this neon green. And it was just a really pretty... Just the way that the cells had mapped, they were really clustered together. And just the way that they had layered and the way that the light was shining through them with this dense black background with just these pieces of the organelles lighting up. Yeah. It was really, really pretty. And it's one of those, it's like one of those beautiful like high contrast shots because uh-huh. you really deep blacks, these really vivid greens. And it won because like nobody else had something like this. Sure. And I mean... it, it got picked as it was one of the top like 20 <laughs> images and it got to hang out. So I have a photo somewhere of it being on this big billboard in Times Square. I, I always like those kinds of moments. I mean, you, you, you actually earned that moment. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of science that went into making that oh. image happen. It was a total accident. Um, <laughs> well, cause like, uh, I have a friend who, uh, she's a teacher at Harvard and she has my comic up on her wall and I tell people, I'm like, yeah, I've got a uh, artwork hung up in, uh, the halls of Harvard and it's That's just, cool. but it's, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm, I haven't actually earned it, but yours is like, I got a photo of Times Square because I fired light at a, a cell, yeah, but was, you actually earned that. That's pretty awesome. I don't know if it was an earned because actually the experiment that I was performing actually failed, which is why <laughs> it was a leftover image. Like the experiment absolutely failed myself. <laughs> We're not supposed to be clustered like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was one of those like I have ten thousand images and I like this one, boss. Can I submit this to an art contest? He's like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's just weird because like a lot of times uh, with art, people feel bad about uh, not having the uh, most expensive tools of the trade, and you had severely expensive, expensive. tools of the trade yes. <laughs> to do stuff that most artists never gonna be able to do <laughs> or wouldn't have thought to do. Or a thought to do. I, I may have made weird colored cells occasionally just to see what the images would look like. That 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 sounds like a that, that sounds like an origin for a supervillain. I'm just it does it's doesn't bad. it? Um, <laughs> that being said, that being said, uh, what kind of it? So so I I have scientist friends, and I always think about like what science friends are just one accident away from being a superhero or supervillain. But I feel like I think even Venture Brothers made a joke about it that uh, all scientists are really good until they have that one accident oh, that yeah. scars them for life and then oh, they yeah. become a supervillain. Of course. What accident, like what, what kind of supervillain would you be if you had an accident in your line of science? Okay, in my line of science, uh, well, it's bad. I had an answer. I had a thought on this before I was thinking about my specific line of science because I was like, pyrokinesis, that'd be awesome. <laughs> um, no, not work. Uh, my line of science, I would probably just end up being uh, with, uh, I'd probably glow. Okay. Um, only because of the fact that, so I worked with a lot of uh, phosphorescent proteins. Sure. Um, and, well, once or twice you accidentally prick yourself. It happens. Um, doesn't matter how safe you are, you will always hurt yourself doing science. Every scientist will have a horror story of the moment of going, oh, my God, did I just infect myself with something stupid? Um, most people won't admit it. We all do it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that we care sounds, about safety. That but sounds it's so also- terrifying. That sounds so. That sounds like a zombie movie beginning. It really of like is. Every... It is the like. Oh my gosh! What could you possibly have just injected yourself with? Um, no. And uh, yeah. In all sad reality, I actually ended up poisoning, my, giving myself E. coli poisoning. Oh my god. Um. Yeah. I. Yeah. It was hilarious when the CDC walked into my hospital room going, "So you know you have a strain of E. coli in your system that's um, medical grade." I was like, "Yeah, I know." Oh, well, um, um, how did you get exposed? I'm like, I'm pretty sure I had a hole in my glove one day. Um, yeah. Mondays, am I right? Yeah, you know, Mondays, but happens when you don't have caffeine before you start work. Um, no, it was one of those, like, moments. I just remember, like, the CDC person, like, coming in all, like, like, literally the other half of me on any other given day, and I'm in a hospital bed, and she's the one in the lab coat with her little tablet going so you have like yeah i get it lady i know i had a lot accident at the lab you notice i'm in the hospital that i work in 
But the, the tone you give the CDC person uh, sounds like the boss from uh, Office Space. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, hey, I think you got E. coli. Uh, could you put a cover page on? No. Uh, yeah. That'd be great. Can you collate this answer? Um, yeah. That's terrifying. Uh, life goes on. But no, I would probably just say we end up with glowy skin. Wouldn't be that great. It'd be like Dazzler light. No, but you, you, you mentioned that you shoot light at cells. Yes. That sounds like something that a villain would do if you want to make the whole world glow. Yeah, <laughs> but, well, I would assume they had the genes. I'm not going to get too nerdy, but that would no, assume get nerdy. they have get the nerdy. genes to get glowy. Okay. Because, oh God, I really need to nerd out and I don't really want to because this is the wrong type the, of nerdy No, this is the you. best nerdy. No, so, Why is it wrong nerdy? Okay, so... Light waves, you have excitation and emission waves, so you blast a color, a certain level wavelength of light at a cell, and if it has these certain proteins, it'll light up, and it gives off this other type of color. So, like, you shoot red light at something, and it actually normally lights up the green protein, so it will turn, it'll light up green. And when you're trying, you know, if you shoot different wavelengths, you get different colors depending on what proteins they have. So... Oh, yeah, I just forgot where I was going. <laughs> My brain went a million miles an hour, and this is literally happy Sunday. I saw that in real time. Um, <laughs> this is going to be a great cut. Um, no, this is, I this hope is perfect. this all stays We're, in. It is. It is. It is going to stay in. I'm going to make sure it stays in. <laughs> no, oh, back to your point. Me shooting light rays at people, that would, yeah. that, um, that would assume that the people all have these proteins. Okay. And yeah. unless you have been playing with a jellyfish too intimately, yeah. I doubt you have these genes. Okay, what, what, why would someone have those genes? What, are was, they beneficial? No. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just trying to figure out your villain, your villain plot line. I could, just, okay, I could pull like a infect everybody with yeah, the things. Correct. That'd be cool. I'd do that. Well, because I'm, I'm wondering, uh, I'm wondering why, why, why a villain you, <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Rainbow Gene. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, yes. So many levels of yes. The Technicolor uh, lab coat. Yeah, the Doctor Doctor Technogene. Is that your Technogene? Technogene. Right, okay. Um, why Why would Doctor Technogene want to infect people with his genes? Oh, just for fun of it. Just for fun. Just for the fun of it. Yeah, I got the I got the fun. That makes sense. Uh, Joker does a lot of things for fun. Yeah. I'm just wondering what. So they infect him with genes, and then once they're infected with the genes, like you know, they're pricking and getting the DNA uh, or their cells. Uh, then you blast them and they glow, right? Yeah. Okay, so uh, you want to make a aurora borealis on on in a city? Oh, it would make for a great pride parade. Okay, cool. All right. <laughs> you know, you know, we'll just pull all the colors. Everybody's a different color. Just made that really easy. Ah, uh, this sounds like a cool plot. <laughs> I also expect the two of us to show up to our tables with yeah. um, a. I'm making you a print of your villain. Yeah, I was gonna say I expect to see what we both come away with as my villain. Uh, yeah. When we meet back up again. Uh, that's that's that you mean that's gonna be today when I give you the, the image. <laughs> yeah, t- sorry, today. Today. Uh, this I one have, comes I have out a the continuity six. problem. Um, very bad. Sorry, guys. No, nah, it's gonna be fantastic. <laughs> that's that's way too cool. Um, because when I was going through your Instagram, because I got I went on your website and it said you were a scientist, and I realized that all the years that I've known you, it, it's been a few. Um, I did not know what science field you were in, and your website doesn't clarify. No. Um, I'm really worried that you're worried that people are, I, I'm, I, I hope you don't think that people don't want to hear about it because people love, I, I hope that more people, especially nerds, <laughs> love to hear about science. Um, and when I was scrolling through your Instagram, I saw a bunch of drawings of mushrooms. Where, so, so you're not a scientist of, you don't study mushrooms. Where did that come from? And I know you were talking about this earlier in the episode, but I kind of like the story. Yeah. So, um, that's a great tee up. No, I do not study fungi. Um, it would make me a really fun gal, though. Yeah. Dad joke. Um, All right. Um, <laughs> couldn't help myself. Which Sorry. I think there's glow in dark mushrooms, right? Or I think I've drawn they one. They do. <laughs> there are glow in the dark mushrooms and fungi. We did use fungi genes occasionally. So technically, I guess in byproduct, I was working with fungus, just very specific spores yeah. um, and just their genes. Um, but no, actually, in all reality, so the, the mushrooms came from the fact that my dad uh, was overseas. Uh, 
Uh, he was. Am I allowed to say this? My dad yeah, was a go for it. Okay, I just was like that moment. Going, my dad was a nom, and when he came back, he brought back these hand carved figurines from this local. I mean, I don't think anything's confidential. So no, I don't think it is. It's just like the moment we're like, you want to talk about war? Um, but no, he was over in Nam. He was stationed over there. When he came back, he had these little wooden figurines. So I grew up with them in my room, and they were my first still life studies. Were these hand carved mushrooms with really trippy faces? Yeah. Um, totally should have been a child of the 70s um, <laughs> with these like acid trip faces um, but that was like my first still life so I started drawing them and it just kind of stuck as like my default to where I feel comfortable are drawing these little like creepy cartoony mushrooms and for anybody that followed me on Instagram they saw my Inktober this last year where I did a technicolor rainbow of different mushrooms with different certain features and I think they're fantastic. I think they're <laughs> adorable. Now, these these sculptures, do they have like big eyes or small eyes or small face? Like, uh... Uh, they were so they were really slender. Um, they're very phallic looking. Um, if you as really mushrooms think of are. as mushrooms are, you know, they're very very slender. It's like there's a circumcised. Uh, yeah, very very true. So very true. Um, it's funny because they sit on my in my living room up on a shelf. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because anytime anybody goes somewhere, they're like, "Oh, I brought you back more wooden mushrooms." I was like. <laughs> so I have an army of them now from all you, over the world. You find one mushroom, I was like, I don't think this is a mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just a wooden dildo on my shelf. <laughs> um, totally probably true. I'm sure one of my friends has messed with me with that before. I would. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Half expect, you know, you'll show up at my house. Here, Jen, it's a mushroom for your shelf. I'm just like giggling, snickling, snickering in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I just see little schoolgirl Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Is it your little mushroom? <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. I uh, know. So really, they have really, they have awkwardly small faces. Okay. But they have these exaggerated mouths. So. And they're smiling though, right? Like. Mm, sure, they're smiling. Okay. <laughs> it's one of those like if you look at that first glance, you think they're smiling, and you look at them long enough, and you kind of start seeing the smile of it. Oh. I don't yeah. like that. I don't like that at all. I know. I don't like your clown phobia. <laughs> I know. Um, but which, it's that which, moment which of like you. I don't, s- you uh, stare at it long enough, and you're going. Are they smiling or are they about to eat my face? I don't want to ask this, but I'm going to. What? Which? Which Pennywise? Which Pennywise smile are you talking about? Are you talking about the new one with Skarsgård, or are you talking about Curry? Uh, I was going in reference of the current, the new okay. one with uh, the new one. Yeah, yeah. With Skarsgård, just because of the fact with the like the where it droop, you get the extended droop of the yeah. jaw. Yeah, there's like that thing going on with their mouths on these mushrooms. And oh. just, if you stare at it just long enough, it's that moment of going. Really, I can't tell if they're just really overly smiley or they're gonna eat my face. You're talking about like his pout where he lowers his yes. little lip. Ugh, yeah, that, that thing. Jesus. It's cre- <laughs> it, it is creepy. I like clowns, and that's creepy. Um, speaking of creepy and mushrooms, uh, <laughs> and you have a lot of really adorable mushrooms, and you you have adorable mushrooms, and you have adorable characters. Uh, what serial killer would you draw as a cute little mushroom? Ooh. Uh, Okay, so I go for classic serial killers. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, people like H.H. Uh, H. Holmes. <laughs> How hipster of you. I like serial killers back in the day. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. I have an opinion. I have a, you know, opinionated about my serial killers. <laughs> um, no, but somebody, uh, I think like, you know, H.H. H. Holmes is probably the, as soon as I re- saw that, it's like H.H. H. Holmes comes to mind. Um, mostly a little bit of the Chicago connection, but also because of the fact like he made a castle of, a castle of horrors. Yeah. To kill people in. Yeah. And there's just something about the fact, like, I could see, like, this, like, dapper, like, he was a pharmacist during his day job, so I see this, like, dapper, like, 1890s guy walking around, like, mushroom kind of, like, dude, you know, he's got his little pharmacist jacket, and he's just like, (laughs) come stay at my hotel. I should murder you now. (laughs) You know, or even, like, Jack the Ripper, because, you you know, every time you see images of Jack the Ripper, he's always got the old school Victorian, like, hat and yeah. styling. And I'm just like, I, I, I can make a little mushroom in Victorian style that just walks around with a blade going, hi, how are you? Honestly, when I thought of that question that I want to ask you, uh, the the top hat was the first, the, uh, Jack the Ripper was the first one I thought of just because I thought of how cute his top hat would be I know, as right? the top of a mushroom. Yeah, I started sketching that this morning, um, so you might be seeing that soon. Good. I want to, I want to see a whole series of serial. I might have to do serial killer mushrooms now. Well, I've, uh, I, I've, I've fallen victim to the addiction of uh, Netflix serial killer shows. Yeah, so have I. I, I don't, because like, I feel like. I feel like that's very basic of me to be addicted to serial. Like I know that sounds awful. That sounds weird. That sounds weird. But I keep seeing people <laughs> posting about watching serial killers on Netflix. 
And I, I, for a long time, I'm like, no, I don't like serial killers. I don't like hearing about killers. But then I watch one series. They're really, they're really good series, though. Like, they're good documentaries. Yeah. They really are. Have you seen the Don't, don't Fuck With Cats? No. It's, uh, it's scary. Ooh. <laughs> okay. It, it's check a, that one out. It's a recent documentary, and it's, uh, it's nuts. All it's, right. It's a, it's what a serial killer is in modern day. That's, it's, it's terrifying. Okay. <laughs> I guess I know what I'm binge watching tonight. I highly recommend it. After Doctor Who. <laughs> After Doctor Who. After Doctor Who. Um, but I would love to see serial killer mushrooms. I don't want because, like, like I said, I got addicted to it, and I'm like thinking of all the other serial killers that you can do, and I'm like, that's that's kind of cool. <laughs> it was funny. I, I uh, started sketching that this morning. My friend's like, you know, what you should do. You should do Count Chocula as a mushroom, and I'm like, oh my god. Yes. I know, and then I'm thinking, could you imagine the Captain Crunch hat on a mushroom? I, I love I love cereal. I, as cereal killer, cereal cereal killers, uh, and it's all of the cereal things as demonic <laughs> mushrooms. Yeah, I, I see a new series coming from me soon. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> covering covering things with spores, affecting people. I dig it. <laughs> um, who would you think is a, would be a better uh, ruler of Mushroom Kingdom, uh, Princess Peach or Bowser? Which is weird saying Bowser for me because like I keep calling him King Koopa just because I I, I was raised knowing King Koopa not knowing mm-hmm. he had a name but he's and I looked it up I was like where does that name come from I was like okay that Bowser is his name King Koopa is what he is he's king of the Koopas, the Koopas. but uh, who do you think would be a better ruler? Oh this is not going to be a answer that most people will probably agree with me on okay um, I actually have to say Bowser all right I think under purchase. Princess Peach, we would see too much of a forced utopia <laughs> where people that step out of line would just magically disappear. Um, defy the Peach. She just has to make the she has to make the kingdom pretty. Yeah, like, it's gonna be like it has to be so perfect that anything that like any like dissidents is gonna just be like whisked away in the middle of the night, kind of a thing. I think at least Bowser, yes, he may rule with an iron fist, but like I will give you know. It's, he's been a king before. Like, the Koopas are unruly, but they're not, like, psychopaths. Okay. You know, I think he could do okay with the Mushroom Kingdom as well. You know, they'll have a little bit, they'll be able to some new rules, but they'll have some freedoms that they wouldn't have under Peach. It's it's funny because you're making it sound like Demolition Man, like the world of Demolition you know? Man. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, there might be some movie references in there. Uh. Yeah, but now I'm, now I'm going to watch Demolition Man as a completely different movie because, like, Dennis Leary, Dennis Leary is in the sewers. Yeah, I know. And they're having freedom in the sewers. So now when uh, when Stallone and a bullet go down the sewers, I'm going to hear... Yeah. That's really weird. I don't think I'm ever going to be able... And now I'm going to see Rob Schneider as Toad. It's going to be weird. <laughs> you already saw that. You know you did. Yeah, well, no, I didn't. I didn't, but it per- it matches. It's, it, it fits. It really does. It's a very, it's, it's a very fitting thing. Ah, oh, that's weird. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just wondering who Simon uh, who Simon is now. <laughs> who I think that's one of the best roles of Wesley Snipes. Um, no, I think I think he got something there. I like think... I said, I don't think it's going to be. I don't think a lot of people are going to agree with me on that one. But they, you know that that's where I go with that. Well, I mean, what are you going to do? Get evil dictatorship, or are you going to get a uh, forced utopia? Uh, I don't know. Which I think, <laughs> and when you think about it, is still evil dictatorship. Yeah. You know. So I don't know. Well, I mean, I think because uh, uh, I guess like forced utopia, I'm like I, I kind of like a utopia. That sounds fun. But uh, then I start connecting with Demolition Man, where you can't say bad words. You can't. You have to be so perfect and beautiful, and everything must be in its place. Yeah. No, that's. Oh. <laughs> you know, there's creepy children with large eyes. No. <laughs> what is the most stressful drawing that you've done? Oh, in all honesty, I have found a new level of stress trying to draw my own comic book. Okay. Um, I have come to the conclusion I cannot draw the same character the same way more than once. That's not a bad thing. Uh, yeah, it's great when you do one-offs. Really painful when you're trying to force yourself to do serial art. One that I, it's not like I've ever done a comic book before. I don't know what possessed me to think I could do this. Um, it is a level of stress and I have been fighting it for the last year. I think I had this, I had the script done last SD comic fest. I still don't have a full page of inks because every time I get a few of them, I realize there's something about it that drives me nuts and that I can't either can't keep with the style I was drawing or I have managed to screw something up unbelievably during it, whether smearing ink 
smearing the inks or something and have to do it all over again. <laughs> well, I, I, I do publish my own book, so if you ever get that done, I could publish it. Ooh, I may hold you to that. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that because uh, I like your artwork. Um, I, and, and you say that you can't keep a style consistent? That's not an issue. Uh, a lot of underground comics, uh, they make sure that the characters change throughout the whole issue, throughout the whole everything. It's all about expression of art. So. Yeah, I know. And it's. I think it's... And I completely agree with you. I 100% agree with you. I don't think that they ha it has to be a, a, a perfect continuity throughout the first issue. But for some odd reason, I... You know, as an artist, you know you have unrealistic standards for yourself. Sure. I have highly unrealistic standards for myself for this. Um, I have gone as far as to actually 3D model all of the characters for the first issue. <laughs> okay. And I have been 3D rendering all of my scenes to use as references to help me keep my anatomy and help me keep all of the perspectives in cohesion. Mm -hmm. So I've... I have all but the last like three pages fully rendered as a 3D thing, which is funny because a couple people have actually seen that as a fully 3D rendered piece. And they're like, oh, so you're just going to print it like this? And I'm like, no, no, no. I have to actually go back and use all of this as reference art to draw. <laughs> I, I, I want to see you make a comic book because I saw on your Patreon that uh, you were trying, trying to make a comic book. Trying desperately and failing. And, and also very bad at my Patreon. Uh, who... <sighs> I, I feel like a lot of artists are like that because I don't want to show too much. I don't want I don't want too much information out there that someone could steal. I don't think my, any of my patrons would steal. No, and but, I don't think anybody would want to steal anything I have to say or put up in the first place. Yeah. I just it's the whole thing we, we we talked about this before we actually got started I started on the show was you know you get home from work for anybody I'm I'm not a full time freelance creative I yeah. have a nine to five I'm a creative director by day so I am using all of my creative juices during the day. And then I'm coming home and the thought of like, oh my God, I have to update my Patreon. Oh my God, I should probably do something for my Instagram. Yeah. It just, you get to that point where you're just like, I don't even want to tweet with people that have been talking to me recently. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm horrible at my Patreon. I really need to do better. Well, I mean, I got my Patreon and I keep thinking about the fact that uh, you can actually time posts. You can schedule when the post comes out. So I keep on thinking about it. I keep planning on one day posting a bunch of posts and then schedule them throughout the week so you're planning to plan i'm planning to plan cool i'm planning to plan i've got i've got new year's resolutions that will happen in june oh that's like i have I, that's like my checklists of checklists yeah i have like lists of things that i need to do that i'm some of them involve writing this other list to do x y and z um no i understand the planning is plan i i like the idea of pre-planning but at the same time like i still then have that anxiety of needing to get all of that together sure to pre-plan to plan yeah <laughs> i just think it's weird sometimes like uh, uh i keep thinking about doing posts of uh photos of my sketchbook because i think that that would be something that nerdy folks that follow me would like to see i would like to see that uh, but I, it's always weird because like people like to see it nerds would like to see it but i i created it so i'm like you don't want to see it <laughs> And I think that's, you know, actually, I think that falls into one of the things I know we were going to touch on later, which is what advice would you give artists? Oh, well, we can go to it right artists. now. But I think exactly what you just said literally flows into that of we're, I'm sure your sketchbook looks a lot more like mine too, where a single page has all sorts of randomness on it. You may have drawn all the way to the margins and we, yeah, you probably have a couple pages in your sketchbook that have a couple of shapes on them and nothing more because you never went forward with that drawing. Or where you started drawing something and you may have even done... I have a few pages where there's just an X through it. Like, I don't know what I was trying to start. And I was like, I'm not even going to erase this. This isn't worth it. Next page. Was it a pretty X? Because I'm wondering it how you erased it. It was a very pretty it. X. Okay, because I, 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 um, I, I scribble. I don't I don't oh. do a pretty X. I, I, I would break out the brush pen and it's like... Whoop, whoop. <laughs> there's something cathartic about that that I just... I need in my life sometimes. But there's there's that thing where, you know... When you look on Instagram, when you look on look at artist sketchbooks, and you look, you're a young artist and you're looking. I get it too. Where every single page in their sketchbook, and I say that in air quotes. I know you can't see this audience, but they I heard am. it. They heard your um, quotes. You heard my air quotes in that term. Their sketchbooks are pristine. Every single page is perfectly mapped out, perfectly planned, and is pristine. I'm sorry. I don't know what artists' actual sketchbooks look like. That that is a display book, and I'm all for them. And I think they're important. That is not a sketchbook. Yeah. 
And that is one of those things that it took me, I still have this problem where I look at what other people are putting up as their sketches or their doodles or their morning warm-ups and not judging myself by what they're thinking. Oh, I just threw this together in 10 minutes. That would take me two hours. <laughs> um, and it's that moment of like, okay, look, everything is filtered in life especially when it's on social media sure and the people that are like oh my sketchbooks are so pretty and you know us saying like oh i don't think anybody actually wants to see our sketchbooks i think it'd probably be good for people to see and see actual raw sketchbooks okay no that's that's a that's a fair answer so do you think i should put it on patreon do you think i should post it more on instagram I think you should post high-res versions on your Patreon, and then after a few weeks, maybe release low-res versions on your Instagram. Okay, I can take that. Oh, that, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I'm just wondering, like, because, like, uh, my, like, I'm just like, uh, what pages would I want to post on there? And some pages, I've got secret plans that I don't want people to know about. Well, I guess Ooh, my Patreon. Secret plans to take over the world? No, 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 taking over the world. No, taking over the world. I'm not, I'm not that, I, I don't have, I, I don't think that big. <laughs> Take over the Inland Empire, maybe, but oh, the okay. world. Right. No. <laughs> I keep small and to the street, but no. Uh, uh, there's just you know secret things I put in backgrounds of my comics, and I'm just like, oh, those pages I'll have to leave out, or just give it to my people on Patreon. Or just give those ones just to Patreon. Give them just to your diehards. Yeah, something that people, you know, you pay me money. Here's some secrets. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what the whole. I mean, pretty much that is what Patreon is, right? Yeah. Well, they, you get the details. You get the behind the scene details before anybody else yeah. and sometimes you'll get behind the scene details that nobody else will ever see yeah because like one thing i i got i got i well no i'm not gonna say it online because oh <laughs> come on come on i've already embarrassed myself okay you fine got. fine fine so <laughs> uh in my comic strip um i talked to my buddy who's a time traveler gideon uh he's mm -hmm. a local guy in san diego uh in real life but in my comic he is living in uh 55 years ago so right now he is in the year uh 1965 no 1956. 1950. No, damn it. What is it? Eiffel. Uh, 60. Uh, what Numbers was it? are hard. Yeah, yeah. What was uh, 55 <laughs> years ago? I should be able to figure this out. Hey, don't look at me a second. <laughs> um, math did not work for me. Science. Was, uh, either way, either way. Sometime um, prior to what's the, the 1970s. What's the band that did the blue song? Eiffel something. Eiffel Tower? Eiffel 65? Oh, okay, yeah, cool. okay. Like Eiffel Tower? I'm like. So that's where they are, 65. <laughs> okay. Because that's the gimmick, is that I'm going to gotcha. do comics in 65. In 1965, I'm going to keep on doing comics based on that. And uh, it's going to be every time I do a comic with it, it's going to be something referencing that song Blue, where the music came out in 1965, where I'm going to be like, oh, the movie just came out. And it's going to have, you know, Maria being like, uh, um, the hills are alive with ba da be da ba blue. <laughs> oh. Oh my gosh, yes. Or, um, <laughs> or uh, Dune comes out in 1965, so I'm going to have a comic Dune. where it's like, uh, I'm Dune by the beat of yeah. <laughs> and okay. it's just going to be a running gimmick throughout the year. All right. And uh, spoiler alert for everyone reading my comic, that's what's going to happen. But at least, at that's least, what's coming, folks. <laughs> at least I'm giving them an idea, but I'm not giving them the full script of what's coming because I don't that I don't have the full script. I just have gags that I'm planning. Well, I'm a total nerd, nerd for Dune, so uh, <laughs> I expect to see, I want to see all about the spice and the blueness, so. Oh, definitely, definitely. definitely. <laughs> I can't wait for this one. <laughs> um, but no, you, you have you have a very valid point there with the, uh, uh, um, I always wonder about that, where you don't want to give, too, okay, so I always feel like I don't want to give too much of my real self because I don't want people to uh, lose an image of me. Okay, for example, uh, in my comic strip, uh, in my comic strip, I draw me interacting with ghosts. Mm -hmm. uh, in real life, I don't believe it. Even though we had a guest on that's a, uh, <laughs> a ghost investigator, a haunting, uh, a supernatural investigator, um, I don't believe in ghosts. That's <laughs> And I, I don't want to really express that in my comic or Instagram because I don't want I don't want to get rid of potential gags with involving ghosts, and so um, I I'm always worried about giving too much of my real opinions. But I think it would really help out people if they look at my sketchbook and they see the mess and they're like I'm messy too. Thank yeah. you. And it I, it's it's not so much and it is hard to define, especially when you you are the subject of your pieces which is really hard. So you have you and the persona you. 
I mean, I, I'm not nearly as personified as you are, but I mean, I have the split thing. It was like, when we before we started, do I call you Alice? Do I call you Jen? Yeah. I will answer to both. <laughs> um, in my house, I answer to both. Um, but it's one of those things like drawing the line between your persona and who you actually are. But I think most of us that are creatives and as we work through social media, especially with social media, we have had to create these personas that are not always identical to us. The person that like you got, I mean, you know me pretty well. You've had to sit next to me for extended amounts of hours um, and we've chatted about a lot of randomness, but it's like, it's people that only know me through social media or only know you through social media, know a version of us, not the whole us. And there is that line with our sketchbooks where it is hard to find the, you can see us a lot more clearly. But I think if you find those pages that you just aren't, you will always keep pages that are for you and you should. But if you find those pages that, that can walk that line cleanly between showing the rawness and still being with your in your persona, I think you should share them. I might do that. I'm, I'm, I'm encouraging a... you to do something I don't have the courage to do. <laughs> um. <laughs> so it's a, it's a checklist for a checklist. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly what this is. It's like, all right, maybe if he does it, maybe I will get the gall to do it myself as well and start posting those raw sketch pages that look horrible. No, I'm thinking about that. that I think I think it's a valid. It's a good answer. Um, so Comic Fest. The, uh, the theme for this year is uh, Ray Harryhausen and Ray Bradbury. Yeah. So I was looking at some of their stories, well, Ray Bradbury's stories, and I come across this one that I didn't know has this huge life. Um, it's uh, So it was, for, uh, it was for Albert Hitchcock Presents, and it was okay. called Special Delivery. And then later on, it went into the uh, Ray Bradbury Theater, and it, the story became uh, Boys, uh, Boys. Sell giant mushrooms in your cellar. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and so what it was, and then and then it became it also was uh, drawn in a comic book, uh, illustrated by Dave Gibbon. Wow. And uh, so basically, what it is is uh, these kids buy a novelty mushrooms where they're supposed to grow it and they grow a giant, yeah. and then they uh, they put them in food and people eat them and they disappear or they get hypnotized. It's like the invasion of body snatchers. That's awesome. It's it, it was insane, and uh, I actually found the episode of Boys Grow Mushrooms in Your Cellar with the uh, uh, Ray, Bar- Ray Bradbury Theater, and I found it on YouTube. I found the episode on YouTube, so it's a I fun know what watch. I'm googling now. Okay, it, it's weird because all versions of the story has this 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 uh, this dialogue about intuition, and what it is is about this guy being paranoid, and he's talking about how paranoia might just be good intuition, and it sounds. All right. It sounds like paranoid people talking now. And I, it's really weird reading the story because it feels like human beings don't really change. <laughs> well, has history taught us nothing? No, they don't. Um. It's nuts. <laughs> so I bring up this story because okay. you draw mushrooms. Yes. And so my question is, if extraterrestrial mushrooms invaded Earth, what pizza toppings do you think would stand up and fight against them? Um, I don't know if they're going to be willing to stand up and fight against them. Well, these are anthropomorphic. Oh, they're... no, 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 no. Try, no, no, no. Trust, just wait. Just, okay, just, all right, all right. Just wait. I'm patient. Just wait. Oh, just I'm patient. Wait. Just wait. I don't think they're going to be willing participants. <laughs> but I think if we task force X them, so suicide squad them with some bombs <laughs> in their neck, we totally can take the, uh, the killer tomatoes, and they would be a great task force X against the invasion of the alien mushrooms. <laughs> So you've got your tomato sauce against your mushrooms. Uh-huh. I mean, we could also go really iconic and try to take make the pepperonis fight the mushrooms because that is a never-ending battle. Yeah. I want the mushroom pizza. I want the pepperoni. I mean, they're, they're classic, you know. <laughs> uh, but no, I think we need to uh, we need to mobilize the killer tomatoes. For, force, force the I mean, uh, Pizza X. I can take it. You know, anybody that grew up on that cartoon, yeah. uh, you know, it was a horrible movie. Way better cartoon. <laughs> Way better cartoon. Um, I've, I Anybody should find that. It's hilarious to watch. Um, <laughs> I remember watching that on Saturday morning. Yeah, with, no, I... Right before Captain Planet. I, I remember that, well, the, the, the girl that turns into a tomato. Yes. Yeah, was it water that gave me a I forget. I, I haven't watched that series in forever. I don't how that happened. And then there was a little fuzzy tomato that yeah. was good. Um, well, you always had to. Yeah, I always had to have a cartoon fuzzy. character. Yes, but why was the tomato fuzzy? To make it an animal, because every every cartoon had to have an animal, a cute little animal. It was weird. Yeah. Um, just weird. It's like the snarf of tomato. Oh, <laughs> snarf! Oh my gosh! I want a snarf. 
Uh, so would people really object of, uh, they, they would object, they would be against the team up of, uh, pineapple and Canadian bacon against the, <laughs> the mushrooms? Well, I mean, come on, it's Canadian bacon. Does, yeah. We know how well Canada has an army, right? Sure. Uh, okay, so, little, I just see them little mountainies going, eh? For eh? This, for this Instagram post, I'm going to draw a team of a pineapple and Canadian bacon because I just want to see them like those. Those two. Those two seem like the most unlikeliest of heroes. Because uh, I don't want to draw all of the toppings, but I want to. Or could you draw? <laughs> uh, I actually drew uh, anthropomorphic pineapple once. Fantastic. Um, yeah, he was meant to go up against um, Otman, which is my boyfriend's nickname. And we started. I started turning my friends into characters that sure. we'd go up against. I think of Otman as like a Mega Man, but with problems. <laughs> Um, and so my buddy, I turned into Pine Guy. He was a pineapple <laughs> that had like the um, Casey Jones mask. Sure. Um, yeah, and shot little puck bombs. He was a hockey player. Uh, yeah. So, full on Casey Jones. Yeah, full on Casey Jones, but as a pineapple. Okay. Um, yeah, it was great. Uh, <laughs> so that sketch is somewhere floating around in a sketchbook in my house. <laughs> but I would, I would definitely check out that Ray Bradbury story. I'm gonna have to. It was weird because I, when I googled it, I saw the whole history of this one story. Because I was like, "What's it called? What's the name of this story?" And it kept changing throughout this whole timeline. And I'm like, "I suddenly That's weird. now know where all of my little mushroom creatures origin story is now. <laughs> it starts here with Ray Bradbury. Um, it's a good yeah. story. And uh, it was weird because like I was looking at, like I said, I was looking at his stories and I saw, uh, I saw the covers of his books and I saw one with mushrooms. And I was like, "That's what I'm gonna ask about." <laughs> I just think of it as like that that set you get as a kid, like grow your own shrimp or monkey people, and it's like grow your own mushrooms. Correct. And then they get big and they attack you, and yep. it's awesome. I yeah, this is awesome for me. Well, it's it's the whole <laughs> little shop of horrors thing of like uh, yeah. selling selling little Audrey twos to everyone. It's 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 amusing that invaders in sci-fi found out that it, they can they can uh, weaponize uh, capitalism to invade. <laughs> Pretty much. Why not? Um, so, uh, St. Patrick's Day is just in a week or so. I think when it comes out, let's see, it'll come out the 6th. Yeah, a week or so. Let's just do that. Numbers are bad. <laughs> numbers, are, numbers. numbers are bad. Um, if you've got a leprechaun and I can only grant you the return of a canceled TV show, like you, you, he gives you wishes, but you can only wish for the return of a canceled show. What one, what show would you wish for? Oh, all right. Um, I have two answers. Is that okay? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so the first... Well, he gives you three wishes, so you could wish for well, three. Well, I know. Well, I'm giving you two answers. Two answers. Um, one is a little bit older. Uh, not too old, though. Uh, Pinky, and a Bra- Pinky and the Brain, the spinoff of Animaniacs. They're coming back. Are they? Yeah, I miss they, them. Well, because Animaniacs is coming back Any, on Hulu, yeah, and Animaniacs Pinky and the Brain is with is them. Is Pinky and the Brain actually going to be one of the sketches? Yeah. Okay, I did not read well, that. You uh, just made my day. Yeah, Rob Paulson okay. and Marisha Lamar. Okay, well, then that one goes out the window. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, All wow. the Animaniacs are back. Okay. They've even showed Perfect. photos of images from well, the cartoon. I knew that they were coming back, but yep. I didn't think Pinky and Brain was slated for that, because I loved that standalone cartoon. Yep. I mean, it just, it, it, the nerdiness, the science, it was everything I wanted in life. Um, like that, I mean, that was out when I was, like, tweening. Yeah. So, you know, it was, it was, it was instrumental to me. <laughs> My favorite thing about them is that they, they told jokes that, uh, and whenever I bring this they up. They were adults. Well, whenever I bring this up, people always go to, like, the sexual adult jokes. No. But I mean the adult jokes that kids really won't, like, for example, uh, Brain says something. And Pinky says, you know, so are you, Brain. And Pinky laughs at that comeback. And Pinky pulls out a, note, a, a notebook, writes down the comeback, yeah. and then puts no back, notebook back. And I started laughing. Like, I watched it as an adult. And I'm like, Pinky thinks that they're that funny. Yeah, <laughs> like he's making notes. Oh, oh, this joke this joke did well. Okay, I'll have to use this one again. Yeah, he's like a sketch comic writer. And kids don't, won't get that. No, they don't get that. Um, Hysteria was another spinoff, and that one had a lot of really great adult liners. Because I remember my little brother watching it, and as an as I was a, I'm a, a couple years older than him, so there were jokes I would get that he didn't get, and then I'd like repeat it to my mom. Mom was like, "Oh my god, that's hilarious!" I'm like, "Right?" He's like, "My brother didn't get it at all," you know. But it's it's that generational thing where the great part that I think they did with Animaniacs, Pinky the Brain, Hysteria, that whole the way that writing staff really could write for kids. 
but they could write for the parents and the babysitters that had to watch the shows with the kids. Well, also, I, I think that that's a good sign. I think I mentioned this because we this is the second time we mentioned hysteria on this poll. <laughs> oh, really? On this on this podcast, <laughs> totally. we've talked about hysteria. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Misinformation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just strange. Uh, what was your second episode? Uh, the second, sec- show? second show I would do um, would be uh, Constantine. I am a sucker for the DC Dark Universe uh, and the Dark Justice League, and I thought that the uh, Constantine TV show got a really bad rap. I think that it should have gotten more than a season. It really could have been something, and I think it should get picked up by somebody. I know everybody has been clamoring to see that come back, too. Yeah. I'm not alone in this. Um, I don't think dropping him into another TV show, what they did with, what was it, Legends of Tomorrow, did hit justice. Um, I think that, you know, if you have it all like Constantine, picking up the comics is absolutely amazing and they're still going and they're so good. And I really loved seeing it come to the live screen. And it was just, it's one of those ones where it's like geeky where I was like, dude, they just needed to do this. If they did it right, they just need to keep doing it. Amen. <laughs> uh, where can someone find your work? Um, pretty much, uh, easiest way to find me is on Instagram and Twitter, both at Alice Graphics. And graphics is spelled with an X. Gotcha. If yeah. you find the little trippy mushrooms, you will find me. <laughs> uh, and you can find us on, uh, uh, you can find Question Crunch on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can usually find us with a Question Crunch podcast. Um, okay, cool. Socials, Question Crunch podcast. Awesome. But I think one of them is just Question Crunch. I think the Twitter is just Question Crunch, which I could rewrite it to podcast. We'll see if I do that. Um, do you have any like little uh, things to talk, talk to people about stuff? No. Uh, if you make it to Comic Fest, be sure to stop by and say hi to both myself and Jimmy at the show. And will it be an artist alley? I will be an artist alley. Where are you? I'm going to be in a small press. <gasps> you I know. abandoned the group? I, I did. I oh did. Oh, my gosh. Well, because I got a bigger I, table. I want to sell books. <laughs> that's fair. I know. It was funny. There was uh, like the group of us, you know, us heard at the back. We all had a, there was a group chat going about where we were all going to table this year. So we all stayed an artist, except for you. We're part of the chat, I guess. You missed the memo. I did. (laughs) We'll come visit.